stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about leading under pressure, and with us today to help us have this conversation are two people, I'm sure, who done this and who know this topic extremely well. We have Rudolph A. Johnson, the President and CEO of the Neighborhood Association here in San Diego, California. Thank you so much, Rudy, for being with us. Thank you for having me, Doc. Mm-hmm. And then also we have uh, Larry Gardner, retired Deputy City Manager with the City of San Diego. Larry, thank you also for being on the line. Oh, sure. It's really my honor to be here with uh, both you and with Rudy. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, thank you. It's always exciting to have you on the show. So our topic today, you know, I think all of us can think about times when we've been in a space of leadership and things were calm and, you know, had all the supplies we needed, things were going as planned, and it was really easy to kind of, one might say, uh, just make it all happen and and walk in that leadership space. And then there are those times when just uh, don't have enough of this, things that aren't um, planned begin to happen, and so on and so forth, and keeping the school and being of sound mind become really um, more difficult. So um, in those spaces, we really want to be able to feel, kind of like say, maintain our composure under pressure. I'm actually just getting a um, a message from our engineer saying that there's a um, there's a hard breathing coming through the line, so we probably want to back up a little bit. And it's, it it has stopped. Okay. So anyway, he was um, talk about I guess leading under pressure. I don't know how to because we, we can't see each other. I just have to say it, huh? <laughs> so anyway, he was asking me to make sure that we recalibrate it. And it sounds like we've done that. So Larry and uh, and Rudy, I know you both, and I know your experience and the depth that you bring. But some of the individuals out there may not. So I'm going to start with just asking uh, each of you to say a little bit about yourselves and in relation to your service in the public and nonprofit arena particularly, since that's who we really um, target a lot of our discussion to, although we certainly have um, our corporate um, partners in mind and know that many of them serve on our board, so they're of interest to us as well. But want them to understand um, the perspective that you both bring. So, Rudy, why don't we start with you hearing a little bit about your background, and then Larry will ask you to do the same. Oh, Thank you very much, Doc. And first of all, let me just say as a, as a um, disclaimer that um, 
I know both Larry and, and Dr. G very, very well. And I just want to say what an honor it is to share uh, this radio show with uh, Larry. Larry and I go way back. He was a mentor of mine uh, as I was kind of developing my career at the city of San Diego. So, Larry, this is going to be a great um, hour to spend with you and just kind of uh, pick your brain as well as we walk through some of these solutions. Um, uh, I earned my Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering degree from <clears throat> Texas Southern University, um, came to work uh, at the city of San Diego and worked in the um, Department of Engineering, was later appointed to the uh, Convention Center Expansion Project, and at the time, um, being a young African-American uh, on a project of that significant um, really was uh, kind of my launching pad professionally. Uh, we completed that project on time, under budget. I went to work for a gracious woman by the name of Carol Wallace um, over at the San Diego Convention Center Corporation, became the general manager over there. Um, six years ago, I was appointed to the position of president and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association. But um, that's a resume on paper. I'm looking forward to kind of walking through some of the real-life experiences I've gained on the job. And let me just end by saying I'm also a product of San Diego. I went through this very same Head Start program in 1968. So to come full circle and head up the um, operations is, is truly an honor, and I'm humbled to do so. Wonderful. And, and Rudy, I am pleased to uh, have you on the show, and I've seen you lead under pressure, and so it's going to be really fun, I think, to hear you just kind of talk about this topic because I, I know you do it well. So I'm honored to have you on the show, and, and again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Larry, how about yourself, a little bit about yourself? Sure, just a, just a little brief background. Uh, no disclaimer, but I guess it is a disclaimer. Certainly I know both uh, Rudy and Cheryl also, and I just think the, the world of, of both of these folks is young people who have uh, just uh, really set examples for so many people and served as great role models uh, for so many people in the workplace and, 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 and otherwise. Rudy's been active in the community as well, and so it's just an honor to be here. Thank you, Larry. Um, I've had a, a few experiences in my life with the city of San Diego. I spent 25 years there in various positions uh, as a public servant and uh, started off my career in, in the city of San Diego as a grounds maintenance worker and rose to different positions, including uh, a labor relations manager, equal employment investigative officer, director of the water department, and finally left uh, um, as a deputy city manager for two months with the city as I was Retiring. Before that, uh, I had public sector um, uh, experience with the U.S. Bureau of Prisons. When I first got out of college, I uh, got my BS in the administration of justice. I went into the workplace ready to change the world, and I was going to start with the prisons first. And soon found that I thought there might be a better way for me to maybe earn my living and feel a little bit more comfortable. Spent a year in Vietnam as an infantryman where I learned just a lot of experiences. And ultimately, uh, for me, in the private sector, worked for Ralston Purina Corporation. I helped to shut down the uh, canneries, the Van Camp Seafood canneries. So I've got a lot of different experiences that I'd like to share with you and we can talk about further today. Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much, Larry, and uh, really appreciating your background as well. 
So um, both of you, I just want to have you ponder, and then either of you can jump in and on the um, thought of what are the biggest challenges that leaders face when trying to lead under pressure? Well, you know, if, if I may, Larry, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll say, um, you know, if you don't have infrastructures and systems built and maintained, um, you're not going to be ready for the eye of the storm. And the, the first thing that I'll tell anyone who listens is that you need to prepare for um, the crises well before you hit the crises. In other words, you want to be what we call around here review-ready in all aspects of your operation before you even hit your first review. You want to make sure your, your systems are lean and nimble and efficient. Uh, you want to make sure you have the brightest minds at the table, so you want to go out and hire well. Uh, you want to make sure that your systems are in place, they're paperless, they're, they're nimble, they're swift, they're quick. And then once that crisis hits or once you get into the eye of the storm, you then relax as a leader and trust your systems because uh, you've rehearsed this crisis situ- situation uh, for a very long time. And I, and I found here at the Neighborhood House Association that's really worked very, very well for us. Wonderful. Thank you, Rudy. Larry, anything you might add to what uh, Rudy said or just your own thoughts with regards to the biggest challenges that leaders face when trying to lead under pressure? Yeah, I think well, one of the things that I'll say first and foremost, and that is that public sector employees, I think really always who are in positions to lead and to manage, always lead under pressure. There's so many variables that are involved. One of the key factors, and Rudy talked about systems, one of the key factors to those systems and the effectiveness is preparing people, empowering people who have knowledge of those systems to be able, you know, to function uh, in a manner so that they don't really skip a beat. When the pressure comes, they're able to respond to it. And as Rudy mentioned, you got to not only deal with the initial issues and anticipate what, what may come down the road, but you have to be able to manage through that storm. And usually in the public sector, that storm is just about every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, Larry. Um, Rudy, any additional thoughts? Well, no, I, I just want to comment. You know, I, I, I giggled when Larry said those storms are, are daily, and he's absolutely correct, not just, um, you know, in the private sector, but I would say nonprofit as well. Any Any situation where your business transactions are transparent, in other words, um, you're using either government grants or public money or you're the steward of the public good, as they say. Um, transparency comes with that, and that means you have to uh, really manage every operational step as if, you know, you have 100 people in the room with you at one time. And those are the mo- most difficult, I think, jobs to to have and hold and be trustworthy of because, when you're in the private sector, you don't necessarily have the general public over your shoulder every single day. Yeah, and they're probably listening, thinking, "Well, we do have our board." <laughs> oh, absolutely, and, I, and, yeah. and that's not to say I, I don't I don't want any listener out there to, to feel like you know either my job or or Larry's past jobs are any more difficult than serving a board who's about you know turning a profit and building. Uh, the equity in stock. You know, that's a whole nother Oprah show. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is managing under pressure mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes is heightened when you have the public 
looking over your shoulder when you're handling the public good. Mm-hmm. It's not your money. It belongs to someone else. Right, that additional level of scrutiny. Correct. It definitely has an additional level of scrutiny. We used to refer to it as a 60-minute smell test. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, could, uh, if you could sit by and see this segment air on 60 Minutes and you, you feel comfortable with it, then you probably made a good decision. If not, you know, you need to rethink your decision. And you're absolutely right, Cheryl. Private sector, um, uh, the um, uh, it's just it's just as difficult with a board of directors. But public sector does receive just constant, constant change. Uh, normally, in the private sector, you know, your board of directors makes a decision, you move forward with it, and that's going to be the tick for the rest of the year. And in the public sector, it's a bit different from that. So, uh, not not to split hairs though. Mm-hmm. Leading uh, in under pressure. There's some of the same qualities that are required of leaders, whether you're in the private sector, public sector, uh, or whatever it may be. And one of the things I think that's first and foremost is making sure that you don't allow that pressure uh, to really make you make decisions that are not good decisions. In other words, if you develop bad habits because of pressure, you need to really put a check on yourself as a leader. And, and and you need to make sure that, that you continue to treat people in an honest and a fair manner when pressure is applied. You, know, you don't lose your cool by yelling and screaming and saying, oh, I'm sorry, it's just the pressure. A leader never falls into that trap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. Love that, Larry. Yeah. The... Um we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask each of you just to think about a time when you have had to lead under pressure and what you did that you think really supported you in maintaining your effectiveness. And then I'll also ask you just to think about, in hindsight, is there anything that you would have done more of, less of, or differently to be maybe even more effective or to be effective if you feel like it was one of those things that was a learning lesson and ouch, um, perhaps could have taken it differently. Okay. Um, Rudy or Larry, any final thoughts before we move to commercial break? No, I, I, I really enjoyed that comment that Larry made about not losing your cool, not you know walking down the halls, kicking and screaming. But at the same time, I think everyone needs to be what I call laser-focused. When you're in the middle of um, a crisis or a pressure situation or... You know, as Larry says, every day is pressure in the in the nonprofit and public sector. I think it's up to the leader to really set priorities and keep um, keep a, a focus on what the number one, two, and, and three priorities are in the company. Everyone is rolling in the same direction, and that's a good quality of of, of a leader is is to ensure everyone is headed for the same um, place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really appreciated um, the 60-minute test, too. I think mm-hmm. we've all probably heard different versions of it, but it's, uh, it's a, great, a great checker. And, uh, and being mindful of not allowing the pressure to drive the decision, but to really make sure that the criteria that's been established, and as you're talking about, Rudy, the vision um, and how best to achieve that, as going back to what Larry said, in an honest and fair way, um, or the things that are really driving the decision and not simply the pressure to respond. So really That's right. I'd just simply add to that. I, I agree with everything that Rudy said. I would just simply add to that. The, the pressure, the additional pressure for a leader under pressure, 
is taking the time to communicate effectively throughout the organization, you know, what the pressures are and what actually uh, are mindful of the visions and the direction of the organization are, keeping the eyes on the prize. Wonderful. Thank you. And with that, we're going to take a brief commercial break and be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today we're talking about leading under pressure, and with us today helping us have this conversation, we have Rudolph Johnson, President and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego. Thank you again, Rudy, for being with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Larry Gartner, retired Deputy City Manager with the City of San Diego. Thank you, Larry. Thank you all very much. Mm-hmm. And so who would like to be first with regards to sharing a little bit about maybe an experience when you were leading under pressure and what you did to support maintaining your effectiveness in that space? Go ahead, Larry. Okay, thank you. Um, I think uh, one example for me would be um, I was the labor relations manager uh, for a period of time with the city of San Diego, and I remember sitting down and attempting to negotiate with labor organizations, which impacted all the employees in the entire city of San Diego, the very first uh, work furlough uh, program. It was basically a process where people were being asked to give something back to the city to help in a budgetary situation. 
And that give back was for people to take a day off, basically give up eight hours of their annual leave. And people were just up in arms. It was the first time a concept like that had been floated in the city. And people were just up in arms. And the, the thought process was that, well, you know, this is just going to be an item we're going to present at the negotiating table. Well, what I asked to have happen was that we really sit down with the labor organizations and really try to buy them in to understand better how through maybe the employees taking this voluntary time off, they'd be able to self-select, and it may be a benefit for both parties. Um, so after really sitting down and vetting this issue, with all four labor organizations, we actually came out with a process where we were successful, and I think in the end, basically everybody was happy. Some people didn't like it, but it was the least of all evils. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny, Larry, because I remember I was at the city at that time, and I loved it. <laughs> it yeah, gave me some additional days. <laughs> And I heard from I heard from all quarters of everybody in the organization whether they loved it or they hated it. But in the end, it seemed that it, it worked for most people. Yeah, it did because I, I think that at least management wasn't made to make a um, a across the board cut that could have negatively impacted everyone. Those who wanted to voluntarily participate, we could. Because if I remember, I think it was voluntary, wasn't mandatory. That's right. But the old school approach would have been to try to unilaterally you know, put something like that in place, which um, then everybody would have been up in arms. But people mm-hmm. felt like, hey, well, it's voluntary, so mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Yeah, right. Great. Thank you. Wonderful example. How about for yourself, uh, Rudy? Well, let me just comment and let me uh, commend Larry, because I was at the city as well. You know, it's kind of showing all of our uh, tenure in terms of our career when that um, furlough took place. And I I uh, took a page out of that playbook, and here at the Neighborhood House Association, we don't necessarily have a furlough per se, but we do have a period between the Christmas holiday and the New Year's holiday where uh, we're shut down as an organization, and you have the option to take um, leave without pay or a furlough, or you can take your vacation uh, time off in lieu of, but uh, nevertheless, it's a savings to the company for that five-day period. We're not running lights and burning electricity and, um, you know, manpower isn't uh, stationing our operation countywide. So thank you for that, Larry. We took a page out of your playbook on that. Yeah, you know, and I want to just dovetail on that and say, Larry, I actually, um, with the latitude that I gotten from Rudy, as well as working with the vice president of our Children, Youth, and Family Services, when we've had to meet our budgetary needs, I remembered that, and in my own uh, department, instead of just kind of cutting across the board, we really sat down with each of the um, employees, with the director of that department, and said, who wanted to volunteer, uh, you know, giving up some hours, so to speak, and who really couldn't afford to because it would, you know, maybe make it more challenging for their family. And we had enough people who voluntarily said, hey, you know, I would love to be able to work one hour less a day or I'd love to be able to take this period of time off and that period of time off. And we met those, uh, matched those needs up with the operational needs, and we were able to achieve our budgetary goals without having to, like you said, unilaterally make a, you know, a decision and impact everyone um, to where even those who perhaps could not afford it would have been impacted. So I, I, I love the creative approach and I appreciate and I it. I have to both of you for, yeah. for those two two uh, applications. And, mm-hmm. and it's just an example of how taking mm-hmm. that additional time to really talk things through and more importantly, 
you know, look at options and options where, you know, there's a buy-in where there can be a win-win. There's mm-hmm. both and. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be either or. So. Wonderful. Great. Yeah. Thank you. And then, Rudy, how about yourself? Any other um, thoughts with regards to yourself leading under pressure? I know you do it quite a bit. <laughs> I was going to say, which one? Which, exactly. which is, how about the most recent? We just uh, underwent a federal review of our um, marquee program, which is Head Start. We serve 8,000 children daily. We have about 600 employees, about a $70 million operation a year. And uh, every three years, you go through a, a review from the federal government. We had 23 of our closest federal friends out here for two weeks. And they looked at our program from top to bottom, fiscal systems, um, uh, uh, safety issues, um, all components of our Head Start program. And as I'm sure you can imagine, when you're trying to protect a $70 million piece of business, you want to make sure you come out on the good side of that review. And it really is getting um, the right folks in place. We have a great interim vice president um, of Children, Youth, and Family. His name is Damon Carson, who took the lead on behalf of this team in-house and really set the stage for what I thought was a pretty good review. Uh, the other piece of that was managing our board from a policy perspective, uh, keeping our uh, chair of the board um, briefed on a daily basis. I was calling him, you know, nightly between 7 and 8 p.m. and giving him the daily rundown. So, um, I'm, I'm managing up, I'm managing down, I'm managing out in the community and letting individuals know that are our partners. We were under review, and, you know, we may be slow with getting back to them because traditionally we try to do quick turnarounds, but this is important. For the next two weeks, we're going to be, as I say, laser-focused on protecting our marquee program. So having to manage with 24 reviewers in-house, one of your most prestigious programs that you've been running for 40 years and making sure that everyone is where they need to be uh, to get on the other side of this review was a challenge. And, again, we just trusted in our systems, our people. And, you know, I'm very hopeful that uh, we'll come out on the good side of that. Wonderful. Great example. So when we think about um, proactively positioning ourselves before the stressors, if there's ever such a time, <laughs> to, uh, to really be able to fortify ourselves, what can leaders do to best equip themselves so that they can anticipate and be able to handle mounting stressors or pressure? I think, um, I think that you, you, you have to have established an open dialogue within your organization so that you first have a clear enough understanding of what's going on actually in your organization to anticipate. And so for me that translates into a person who is a leader who's out there in some way interfacing with key people in the organization, not just perhaps the appointed heads of departments, but talking to the people in the organization and getting feedback about the real signs that are out in the organization. Wonderful. And, and really having the vision to look, you know, down the street, around the corner, and over the bridge, as I call it. And that means as a leader, you're seeing things that the normal eye can't see. You're, you're in places mentally that the rest of the team might not necessarily be. So when a crisis hits, 
you're not necessarily in the crises right now. You're really looking on the other side of that crisis and what you want your organization to look like and your systems to look like on the other side. And being able to hold steady in the middle of that storm and navigate through the storm to that place that most individuals can't see is the quality of a good leader. And um, I'm always trying to stay, you know, three to five years out in this organization. And I tell, you know, Doc, you heard this story. If I'm dealing with an issue today in real time, I'm not doing my job as a president and CEO. My job is to be out front of this organization and really look at what we want to feel and look like, you know, three to five years down the road. And I'm laying and planting seeds now so that we can reap that harvest three to five years from now. Great. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I love both of those suggestions with regards. I think, Larry, for you, it's, it's you know, getting in tune with or staying in tune with what's going on and, and having the um, intel coming from the employees with regards to the lay of the land and what people are seeing. And then, Rudy, your thoughts with regards to being forward-looking and making sure that the eye is out there. And, and I know having been... Um, on this executive team with you, we do a lot of um, scenario planning with regards to the what-ifs, and sometimes that can feel like a, a fire drill, and other times, you know, what we find out is by having done that, we certainly were fortified and, and prepared for something, and had we not done the uh, forward-looking or had we not created a space to find out what was happening within the organization, we would not have been as well-positioned, so I I can appreciate what both of you um just presented on that. We're going to take another short break, and when we come back, we'll um, answer questions from our listening audience and then continue the dialogue. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you for staying with us. We're back on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. We have Rudolph Johnson, President and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego, California with us. Thank you for staying with us, uh, Rudy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And also on the line, we continue to have Mr. Larry Gartner, Retired Deputy City Manager from the City of San Diego. Thank you, Larry. Thank you all so much. Mm-hmm. And then we're also pleased to have uh, Valerie Wright, who's joined us as our associate producer with questions from the audience. Valerie, would you um, share any questions that you've received from the listening audience? Absolutely. We have a question from Philip in Michigan. Philip's question reads, In a recent article on Forbes.com, Paul Sullivan cited three reasons why leaders fail under pressure, not accepting responsibility, growing overconfident, and overthinking one's importance to what one is doing. How, as a young COO, do I avoid these pitfalls? Okay. Philip, thank you for that question. Larry or Rudy, either of you want to respond? Well, I'll I'll just jump in, and, Philip, that's a great question. I'll say this. Number one, um, and, and Larry Gardner said this earlier when we were chatting prior to coming on air, uh, be true to who you are, um, and um, that resonated with me uh, tremendously. I mean, I'm the same individual I was six years ago when I took over this position. I I still um, see myself uh, brand new, even though I'm six years into my tenure. Um, I never get uh, too confident about my skill set as a CEO and president. I'm always learning. I'm always learning from individuals like Larry and other individuals who I regard highly from a professional and a personal uh, level. And I think um, a team respects a leader even that much more so when he or she um, steps in and says, hey, I'm, I'm in this with you. I, not only do I accept and embrace the responsibility, but I'm also in this struggle, in this fight, in this situation with you. And, and that's kind of how I handle things. I wouldn't ask my team to do anything that I'm not prepared to roll up my sleeve and do personally. In fact, um, if I have a fault as a president and CEO, it's the fact that you know I try to get in sometimes when um, I don't need to get in. I need to let my folks do what they do best, but I'm there for support. Wonderful. Um, thank you, Rudy. How about yourself, Larry? Any, any thoughts for Philip? You know, I'm listening to Rudy, and, and, and Rudy's just covering all the bases. I, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's just a bottom line thing where for leaders, it is so important that there is a moral compass that exists that, that, that centers that person. And so when you feel that within, within yourself, you're moving to the side of that compass that is, is, is indicating that you're not listening to people, you're not, not being as open with your communications, you, you are, um, you know, not really addressing the, the, the real issues and communicating effectively with people, you, you know that you're not, you're not doing what you should be doing. There, there's just a basic right and wrong with regard to how you lead people. And as Rudy said, you lead by, lead by example, but you also lead by 
having that vision that perhaps no one else has. That's because you have all the information. You've got all the pieces to the puzzle in perspective, and nobody else perhaps does. And so it's important for you to share as much of that vision and reinforce that on an ongoing basis as you can. Great. I love that. And I think um, key words there um, from both of you with regards to um, Rudy with regards to staying true to who you are and being rooted in one's values and Larry as relates to listening and um, listening to others, listening and being in tune with that moral co- um, compass. I think, uh, Philip, I think both of those are just real important. I'm reminded of, um, I can't remember who said it, but there's this quote, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think when we get to the point where we think we are, you know, so powerful and um, don't have to listen and we figured it all out, it does become a dangerous space to be in. So I think both Rudy and Larry have offered us really good food for thought for staying grounded. Valerie, do you have another question? I do. I have a question from someone who would like to remain anonymous from Pennsylvania. Okay. This question reads, I have been told that our character helps us respond with calm and focus when challenges take place. At this point in my career, I'm not so sure I'm doing that well. With char- What character traits should I be developing to become that type of manager in my organization? Mm, thank you for that qu- um, question from Pennsylvania. Who would like to respond? Yeah, let me jump in. That's a great question. Let me just say, um, I'm always reminded of a poem called If that I learned when I was pledging in undergraduate school. And there's a stanza that talks about, you know, you have to be willing to place everything that you have on one turn of the pitch and toss and lose and never breathe a word about your loss. And what that means to me, is that every day that I come to the office, you know, I know I'm going to have some wins and some losses, but the fact of the matter is I'm not afraid to either win or lose. Once I get all the intel, once I trust my systems, once I understand the situations or the scenarios before me, I'm not afraid to make a call and to place it on one pitch of that, uh, one turn of that pitch and toss, but then not to complain. Either way, you just pick up the pieces and move forward. And I think, you know, that that speaks a little bit to the question. Um, you have to develop that skill set, that quality. I didn't have it coming through the door back in August 1, 2006. I was always fearful of what the outside, you know, elements would think of me. I'm performing for the first time as a president and CEO. But it's not until you get deep into it that you really develop a knack to really focus on, you know, what's good for the organization. I don't really care how I'm perceived externally. I'm the one that has the insight and information, not afraid to make that call when it's time. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Rudy. Any thoughts on Larry? Sure. Uh, Rudy, it's just a joy hearing you hearing you talk about your, your management style, and, and it's all true. Everything I've, I've seen from you certainly just uh, – uh, under, underscores the fact that you are a man who um, who walks the talk, and so I'm I'm so proud of you, Rudy. Keep Thank up the good work. Um, w- one thing I will add to to, to this whole thing is that there there it's so important for people who are in management or leadership positions to understand that 
normally you're not born into a situation where you you know it all. And so never forget that piece. You, you don't ever know it all. And, and, and keep an open mind. Keep an open mind and always stay mindful of what it takes at the lowest level of your organization to ensure that vision that you have, whether it's a five-year vision, 10-year vision, 15-year vision, is accomplished. you got to stay in tune, in touch with, with how the people in your organization who are the actual systems are being treated, and how, in fact, you know, they really understand the vision that you put out there. You, you do that, and it, and it pays back in, in great dividends. Wonderful. Thank you. And I'll add to that for our, our um, guest in Pennsylvania. You know, there was a comment that Harold Tuck, our past chair of our board here at the Neighborhood House Association, said when he was on a, um episode, it was supposed to be an episode on IT, <laughs> But he gave such great, just basic um, information that I thought were very good leadership principles. And so our um, question, our questioner asked about characters and, and traits. And one of the things that um, Harold talked about was patience. And he said, the moment you lose your patience is the moment you, you lose your job. And I've taken that, and I've had so many situations where that's come up, when it's like the moment you lose your patience is the moment you lose so I think really developing patience to where we don't make decisions, as Larry said earlier, under pressure, or we don't make a decision out of being impatient, but we really evaluate the circumstances, the situation, the people, and um, make the decision really based on on, um, on that. So I think one character we have to develop is staying patient under pressure, as well as, as uh, both Larry and um, Rudy has talked about with regards to developing our ability to stay humble and open and kind and caring about efficiencies, but also caring about effectiveness as relates to engaging the people in the environment as well. Can I and as Rudy, and as Rudy points out, Cheryl, and, and so eloquently he points it out, you know, you got the information, you need to make a decision, and don't be afraid because, you know, any and everybody will make mistakes. You know, the only real big mistake is to never make a decision. Mm-hmm. So you have to make a call and be confident in your decision-making processes. That's part of being a leader also. Yeah, love it. takes me back to Hill Harper talking about courage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was just going to piggyback, too, on, um, and I really love what Larry said in terms of don't come to the party thinking you know everything, because then I think that's a potential loser as well. I think you're mm-hmm. you've lost if you if you get to the party and think you're you know God's gift to the agency. Well, then you're you're on your way out. It's like a head football coach in professional football. The first day you show up is uh, the first day of the rest of your tenure. You know, it's a matter of years at that point. Whether you're going to last one, two, three, or five. And I'll say this also is that. You know, the longer you stay, um, the more your depth and breadth of knowledge is going to grow. So decisions that were difficult in year one may not be as difficult in year three or five or seven because you're seeing that movie over and over again, and you kind of know the end of the movie, and you can make much better calls. So I really enjoy what Larry said. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. And In in addition to those making much better calls, uh, as Rudy pointed out, you can also, at that point in your evolution and your growth in your organization, prepare, 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 prepare more people to have the same realizations that you have now 
about how things work through in these processes. And that way, you're getting your bench ready. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Love it, developing that bench. Um, Valerie, any additional questions? No, those are all the questions today. Wonderful. Well, those are great questions. Thank you so yeah. much, Philip. Uh, and then our, our um, question from Pennsylvania. Um, Valerie, did you have anything you wanted to add to either of those? Any comments from you? No, I think they covered it very well. I think um, both um, Rudy and Larry, in terms of staying focused and um, keeping an open mind and communicating well um, and being a learner, I think that is key as a leader. Um, We often think, as Rudy was saying, we come to the table with all the knowledge we need, but part of the process is growing uh, and learning daily so that we do develop into a leader who makes good decisions. Excellent. Wonderful. I think um, great food for thought when we come back. I'm going to ask uh, Larry and um, and Rudy, thank you, to share a little bit more with regards to just final tips and thoughts on this topic, um, as well as maybe um, what one might do when they're coming out of pressure. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with just a little bit more on this fabulous topic of, uh, I think that's so meaningful for so many of us as it relates to being able to maintain and lead effectively under pressure. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Today, talking about leading under pressure with Rudolph Johnson, President and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association, and Larry Gardner, retired Deputy City Manager with us from the City of San Diego. Again, thank you. It's been a fabulous uh, conversation, and I've certainly learned a lot from the discussion. So appreciate your sharing all of your wisdom and experience with us today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about being in the midst of the storm and preparing for the storm. Just wanted to have you touch on um, just a bit your thoughts on what about after the storm? When you've come through that pressure point or that pressure moment or that pressure situation, and either you've come out or from under it well, or perhaps you've come out mm, with some losses, what's next, either of you? I'll jump on that one. Okay. I think that uh, when you when you come through, first and foremost, you've got to focus on, uh, lessons learned. Take the positive experiences from, from that experience and prepare yourself for the next opportunity because it will be right around the corner. Take the things that were not so well, learn from them, and don't fall into those traps again. You have to do those things. Be humble. Uh, don't be boastful. If you came through the process and you were, um, you know, you were vindicated or everything worked out really well for you, you were the most competitive group in that process, whatever it may be. You know, just understand that that was a positive experience and try to build on it. Don't be boastful. And if you come through a situation where you didn't get everything you want, you may as well not take all your toys and go home because you are often in a leadership position, not going to get everything that you hope for. Wonderful. Thank you. How about yourself? Um, thoughts from yourself, Rudy? Well, I think Larry hit them all right on the head. I, I would just say... If you don't come through um, getting everything that you wanted out of the situation, you know, I'm a big proponent in course correction. So you dissect, you know, you you get the intel on what didn't go so well, and uh, you try to course correct. You don't want to repeat those same um, challenges or issues the second time around when you get an opportunity. And you, you have control the second time around not to make the same mistakes that you may have made the first time around. So... That that's all I would add, but Larry's absolutely right. Be humble, um, be attentive, you know, just be the same person all the way through. Um, right. I love that uh, from both of you with regards to really important with regards to continuing to move forward and improve. I might say one's um, overall performance and game, so to speak. I'd add to that taking time just to celebrate, taking time just to um, decompress a little bit to get recharged because I think uh, sometimes we can just stay at that space of, of um, at a real high level with regards to just going, 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 going. And at work we call it burnout. At home we call it depression. <laughs> but either way, when you go, 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 and you don't get an opportunity to recharge, it can lead to a, a drop. And um, that drop is... Um, Again, burnout at home and, I mean, burnout at work and depression at home. And so the the way that we really help people not get there is to just take some time to decompress, um, step back, celebrate successes, course correct on the challenges, 
and uh, recharge for the next space. Um, so just some added thoughts there. Absolutely. Any? Mm-hmm. Did I hear a voice? No, I was just saying absolutely. Yeah, great. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, in fact, I'll go a step further to say that um, um, any leader or manager who has too much leave on their books, they need to take a, take a check on themselves because either they're not preparing themselves or there's something that they're afraid of. So they need to get away from the workplace sometimes to decompress. That all has to do with preparing that bench and getting people ready to take your place. Wonderful. Great. Any uh, final thoughts? Um, Larry, why don't we start with you? Any final thoughts with regards to um, tips that you might give someone as relates to leading under pressure? I think I think that, that uh, leading under pressure, as I said earlier when we first started, is just part and parcel of some, some jobs that you have. Whether it's in the private, public, or nonprofit sector, some jobs by their very nature are going to be just pressure-packed, politically charged, politically filled. And um, so you're never going to deal without pressure. So you, you need to understand that your challenges will continue. You very seldom will be told that you did a great job, but you have to understand that that comes with the turf. That's part of what you do, part of what, uh, what it takes for you to continue to focus on what needs to be done down the road and to inspire people uh, to share in the vision that you have for the organization to move forward. Great. Thank you. And how about yourself, Rudy? Again, I would just repeat, you know, building the right team, getting the right talent on the team, coaching the team up, uh, getting your systems in place, and really preparing for that that challenge or that eye of the storm. Um, You know, I was able to take part in authoring a book uh, about a year ago called Inside the Minds of CEOs, and I was one of um, 14 authors that wrote a chapter, and we were the only nonprofit organization that that participated, and um, this is exactly what we wrote about um, in that in that chapter. It was about you know building the right systems, building the right teams, and preparing yourself for those challenging situations. Mm-hmm. Great, um, Larry. How about yourself as relates to any um, books, references, activities that you might suggest that a person might engage in, either to do uh, preparation or decompressing to um, position oneself to stay ready for um, just leading effectively. Well, you know, one of the things I said a bit earlier, and that is that you got to take some quality time off for yourself, mm-hmm. uh, for your family, for your loved ones, whomever that might be. You, you need you need some private time to be able to feel good about yourself before you can come into the workplace and feel good about other people. Uh, and so that's 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 just a real important piece there. As far as I'm concerned, it always was a part of my my work life was to take time off, and mm-hmm. I, I would always come back recharged, and, and I felt a lot better about uh, what was going on there. But the reality of, of of serving in a leadership role, as I said before, is is I mean, it, in many cases, is a thankless situation unless that thanks is thanks that you can give to yourself and say, well, you know, I accomplished this, and and that's good. But uh, if you think you're going to get pats on the back every time you turn around as a leader, you can forget it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you are going to be problem-solving short-term and long-term, and in many cases, that those things are going to go thankless. But, um, hey, if you've got an honest living and, and, and you can sleep well at night, more power to you. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. So you're basically saying, you know, I'm um, taking notes here as you're going with regards to right-sizing expectations. The pressure's there. It's going to be there. Figure out a strategy for dealing with it, including getting some quality time to step step away and take care of yourself, and in doing so, allowing others to grow in that process. Rudy, any final thoughts from yourself? No, I would just echo what Larry said. I, I think those are all good things. I, You know, that bench strength is, is real key, you know, developing mid to upper-level managers to really take over in a succession scenario because you never know when that day comes. If you have a real effective leader, that leader could be courted away. Uh, that leader could, um, you know, decide he or she wants to do something else in life, and the mission of that agency has to carry on. So a good leader needs to build good bench strength and not be intimidated by that. Wonderful. Well, again, uh, thank you so much for being with us, Rudy and Larry. I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you. Yes, and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.